Life Center today. It's good to have Hulk Hogan here with me. <laughs> 24 inch pythons, brother. How's everybody doing today? Well, I'm uh, so excited. This is week two in our new facility, and we're, you know, just tweaking, and we're going to continue to do that and just to try to get everything right and figure it out. And as we walk it out, I mean, there's things we're just trying to just trying to figure out, you know, and, but it's so exciting. And as Ron said, it's nice to be home. It's nice to be here. It's nice to, you know, it just has felt good since we, you know, have got in and, and started. And it actually felt home when we started renovating months ago. And uh, if you remember back in that journey, we started on this side while the moose was still having, uh, you know, things on the other side. So we were just doing our thing. Even had a prayer service while they were on the other side. I don't know if they appreciated that, but we liked it, and uh, they, you know they've been really good to us, and we're, you know, we're we're glad to to take over this facility, and and uh, we're we're very thrilled about that. I want to talk to you for the next couple of weeks just about being connected. There's just two services I want to give on about being connected because in a new facility, it's just really important. I think is sometimes in our in our uh, in our life we get to a spot where you just like, I just need to be connected. I need to be part of. Of something, everybody likes being part of something. So I want to talk about being connected. It's great to have a place to call home. It's great to belong somewhere. And I want to live my life with purpose and with direction. So, in other words, I don't want to just wander. Now, I, I, I like spontaneity. How many like that? How many like to do something and just like sometimes get in the car and just go, "Okay, we're just driving." Yeah, I, you, know, you ever do that, guys? You can relate to that if your wife. Be careful! Don't elbow each other says, let's go get something to eat. Where do you want to go? I don't care. Wherever you want to go. There's only a couple places I know that she really wants to go. So that's where we have done. Just like, just pick one of these. We'll go there. But anyway, just, you know, just to do something. It's, it's nice sometimes just to have direction. If you're, if you're going on vacation and you get in your car, sometimes, and I, this might sound weird, but what's new? But uh, sometimes just being able to, to the drive is kind of cool because you're, you're heading somewhere. And it's not where you used to be. It's vacation. You know, when we'd go to Florida to visit my folks, and now they're living in Ohio, and my dad keeps saying, why did I move here? <laughs> but when we go to Florida, we'd go there. It would just be so cool when we'd finally hit about Georgia. And, and the weather was, you know, and, you know we'd leave in the winter, at, in Ohio, and we're heading down to Florida, and all of a sudden, you know, you're like, wow, we, we don't need this coat anymore. And there's cracker barrels, thank Jesus, all the way there, you know. So, you know, just having the direction to go, I want to have a life with purpose and being able to do those things, have some goals. Let's pray for a second, let's get started, and we'll get this thing rolling. Father, in Jesus' name, we just give you praise. I thank you, God, for these wonderful people that are with us today. And I just give you the glory for what you're going to do in our hearts and our lives. Thank you for letting us see things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read you some scriptures that are going to show you how you can get connected and live on purpose. Are you ready? I've got about four of them here. But uh, turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, Zazing. All right, Romans 12, 3 through 5. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Galatians 6, 9, and 10. 
Let's not get tired of doing what's good. Just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Psalm 68, 5 and 6. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God, whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free, gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Run to Psalm 92, 12 through 15. My kids all know this one. My wife said this to them every day as they lived in our house every night before they went to bed. But the godly will flourish like palm trees, grow like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He's my rock. There's no evil in him. It's so important to be connected. And we live in a society where everything's connected. I mean, think about social networking, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. I mean, you can actually friend or unfriend somebody by the click of a button. I don't like you. Or, I, I, you know, whatever. But, I mean, we just live in this whole networking type of uh, society. God's Word tells us that He wants us to be connected. He literally wants us to do life together. We're not meant, actually, and created to just be the lone wolf, the lone ranger, doing it all by ourselves. I know people that their three best friends are me, myself, and I. Sometimes that could be better than Larry Curley and Moe, but still... Me, myself, and I. God wants you to have friends. Think about Jesus. Out of anybody, let's think about Jesus. Jesus was God in the flesh. He didn't have to ask anybody for advice. Hey, how should I, how should I do this? He didn't have to ask anybody for wisdom. I mean, can you imagine? But yet he still chose to do life with people. He still chose to gather people around him, to stay around them, to help them, to mentor them, to disciple them, but to have fellowship with them. He decided on relationships. Remember God, when he made Adam, he said, you know what, it's not good for him to be alone. And so then he created a helpmate, so he made Eve. How about God so loved the world? You go to any big sports event, there's some dude without a shirt on, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. God, he wants you to have a place to belong. I'm sure for most, well, let's just say all of us, uh, we could say we haven't always done the right thing. Anybody in here always done the right thing? See, nobody's going to raise their hand. If you do, somebody will probably elbow you. How many have done something that you didn't think it all the way through? I got the t-shirt on that one. Okay. Well, we've done something and we just really didn't think about whether consequences or just didn't think it through. We just didn't use wisdom on all that. But I want to talk about four decisions that I've made that were good. And then we'll go into a little bit of this. It won't take long. Four decisions that I made that have impacted everything that I do. Everything of who I am that actually what I stand for and, and what I believe in and just the persona of just, and you could maybe say some of these same things. Here's the number one. I made Jesus the Lord of my life, January 2nd, 1980. Did I do everything right? No. Have I done everything right since? No. But that is a, one of those decisions that have shaped my life, that have given me direction, that have helped in everything that I've done if I've leaned on Jesus. Can I get an amen for that? 
Have you ever just found, you know, you made, a, you made a mistake, but thank God for grace. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for the blood. Thank God that Jesus forgave. I mean, what could you, I mean, it's just amazing. That decision has based everything. I mean, that is what shapes and does everything that I need. As a Jesus follower, everything is based off that. You know, we told our kids, this is what you want to do. You want to look for someone that loves God. It's true. You want to look for someone that loves God, that has a heart after God. Here's step number two, or, or decision number two. I married Kim. I mean, I finally said yes after she hounded me and hounded me, chased me down, came after me and wouldn't let me up and just said, you will marry me. I finally just said yes. That's not true. <laughs> but, you know, when she found the total package, she couldn't. No. But it's important when you pick that partner, when you pick that person you're going to do life with, it is important because remember we, we talked last week, they see the projected self, the dating self. Oh, I love you. I love you too. You're so great. You know, you like that. Oh, I love that too. And then when you get married, they see the real self. They see you with your morning breath and your hair and your PJs and all of that stuff. It is important who you do life with. So that's, a, that's one of those great decisions. Here's the third decision. would have to be that we decided together. Now think about how these domino, Jesus, Kim, kids. We decided to have kids. I love my kids. Love my kids. I love, actually, I love my sister's kids. I, I love kids. But I love my kids. I would do anything for my children. I would, I would lay my life down for my children. Can I get a witness for that? You just love your kids. Because, you know, it's just part of the decision. You know, we, we plan these children. We want to have these children. We help raise these children. We help mold these children. We spank these kids. Help me. We made them eat peas. My mom made me eat spinach only one way when I was growing up. With vinegar. They serve that in hell. We're all going to feed you kids spinach and you only get vinegar. Where's my mom? She's over there. <laughs> it was when I got married to Kim that we had spinach with some kind of chicken spinach parmesan thing. That I was like, this spinach is good. I love my mom. She'd, she'd ask you, she'd tell you, well, that's what we had. We had vinegar. If we had ketchup, she'd probably squirt that on there. Or mustard. She likes mustard. <laughs> All right. Here's number four. The fourth decision was obeying God and founding True Life Church. He had started stirring in my heart to start a, a church. I'd never started a church. I'd always, I was ordained in the Assemblies of God, and so I had been senior pastor at, at a couple different churches, and and, uh, you know, I, I've never started a church. And so to do that, that was kind of a little bit scary because Kim and I had talked about it. And she was even saying, you know, I'm, I'm, how do we do that? I'm, I don't know. I've never done it before. And so, you know, just exploring that and then just obeying God and watching him open up the doors and the steps to follow. And that's one of the most rewarding things that I have ever done. It's that, you know, you've ever thrown a, a pebble in a pond and watched that ripple? That's what I'm talking about. Man, outside of Jesus 
boom, you, you get Jesus, then the ripples start. Then he starts showing you, let me, let me show you your, your Judea, your Samaria. Let me show you the other parts of your world. Because right now, if you don't have Jesus, the center is kind of like, that's your compass, man. That's your direction. That's your true north. That's the one that says, this is where you're planted. If I didn't have Jesus, I wouldn't have her because she wouldn't have had me. It's only by the grace of God. If I hadn't had her, I wouldn't have the kids because you just don't, you know, this isn't Jurassic Park. (laughs) What I'm telling you is much of what's happened today is because of the first decision to follow Jesus. The first decision to say yes. That's what's radically changed my life to stay connected to God. Because when I'm connected to God, I don't have to warn, you know, wonder what I'm going to do because I'm connected. If I'm connected to God, I don't have to go, you know what, this is crooked. God says I'm going to make it straight because I'm connected. I don't have to do life alone because I'm connected. I don't have to go, you know what, I'm not condemned. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has connected me. I don't have to wonder about so many things. I might not have all the answers, but I have Jesus and he is the answer. So because of that... I'm connected, and so now I have kind of, I feel like kind of like, you know, you come to me and I take care of you. I feel like I have this connection now that I never could have had without the, the grace of God. Do I still do everything? I'm, I'm entertainment for heaven, trust me. I think angels are like, hey, come, look at this idiot, come here. Okay, I, I shouldn't call myself an idiot. All right. But what I'm trying to tell you is, because of the connection, that's what's amazing. When I saw God start doing, I mean, stuff, you know, you read it in the Bible and you think, well, that's cool. That's a good story. My friends, I'm telling you, that book is bigger than a story. I got saved. I wasn't saved six months. And I worked at Ponderosa's where I met Kim. Told you that story. And she walked by with that steaks and that was it. But we were doing an all-you-could-eat ribeye sale or two-for-one or whatever they did back at Ponderosa back in those days, and we ran out. That's not good. If you're running a steakhouse and you're out of meat, that ain't good. So they got to line out the door. All they have is frozen ribeyes. Now, if you're any kind of a grill cook, cooking frozen meat isn't good because it burns on the outside and it's nasty on the inside. And so they're out there. The managers are out by the freezer and the lock. We had had an ice storm and a snowstorm, and the lock is frozen solid. They cannot get the lock open to get in to get the frozen meat to even try to thaw it out. And they're out. And there are people that are getting mad and they're walking. And <laughs> now I'm just a new believer. You ever hear where if you're, you know, you ought to take a new believer and lock them up? I don't think so. I think we ought to take the old believers and lock them up until they want to get new again. For real. Because sometimes we just, oh, I'm just too sanctified to do that. But I was just crazy enough to believe the Bible. And I remember up by, I was the cook. And I remember up there, and I could hear this voice inside me sound a lot like me. See, people always want, I don't know, does God have a distinct voice? It's going to sound like your conscience. But it's going to speak to your spirit. And he said, he said to me, he said, go out there and... Unlock that freezer. (laughs) Okay, that's not right. But he says it again, and they're all out there. They've got lighters and everything. They're all, there's like eight people standing around this freezer with big lighters and matches and blowing on it. And they're going to 
take a chisel and hammer or something. There's how can we bust it? Anybody got any pipe, you know, to break the lock? And they're trying to do all that stuff. And I kept hearing this inside. And I thought, oh, okay. I remember walking out there and there already I was getting grief because I was trying to tell everybody about Jesus. I didn't really have, I was rough. I didn't come up and try to be subtle. I was just, and, and that's the, you know, that's what happens sometimes. But anyway, I remember just weeding my way through the crowd. And there's like eight or ten people standing there. And I remember walking up to that lock, grabbing it with my hand, because that's what I felt like he told me to do. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you open. And pulled that lock down. And that lock went thunk and opened. And everybody went, And I turned around and went, I'm like, it, it worked. And there are people like, how did he do that? How did he do that? How did he do that? And I'm thinking, how did I do that? How did I do that? And the other guys are like, oh, well, we warmed it up with the, the lighters. We had the lighters. And the other manager goes, the key. I didn't even have the key in it, dude. There was no reason it should. I mean, was, God did that. And I had people coming up after me. How did you do that? I want to know how you did that. And they thought it was a circus trick. I mean, I might look like I was in the circus, but I didn't know how to do no tricks. I mean, things just kept happening like that. Why? Because God has got you connected. You see, it's what you're connected to. How, how many knows that God will show you the way because you're connected? He'll make your crooked way straight because you're connected. He takes care of all your needs because you're connected. You are strong in the Lord because you're connected. You're going to walk in divine health because you're connected. There are benefits and blessings when you connect yourself with God, when you connect yourself with the local church. There are benefits and blessings with that. So I'm going to give you the five benefits. And there could be more, but here's five. We'll go through them quickly. It won't take long of being connected to TLC. Here's the first one. A place to build your faith. A place to build your faith. You see, we live in a world that doesn't know what they believe, let alone what to believe. We are told we have to tolerate everything. There really is no more black and white. We have people that are like, I can do this and I can do that. And I can, you know, the Bible, uh, God will make an exception or he's going to rewrite the book. It's not going to happen. He's not going to rewrite the book. That book is already written. And so we have to go along with what God says. And that, we're not judging. I'm just saying, I can't rewrite the Bible for you. I just have to preach what it says. So we need that place to have our faith grow. We need that place to be connected. Here's a true story. Pastor visited a local Christian school in an area and asked the kids what they believed. He said there are four different authors in the four Gospels in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. And he went like that. Like, what else other name? Some kid says, Rufus. Really? Rufus? How about this? How about Andy? Andy? Yeah, Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. He said, no. Howard. Howard be thy name. <laughs> the, the preacher finally says, how about John? Yeah, John. Yeah, that's it. John. John. You know, John, he was the one on the ark with Moses and the animals until that giant stomped out the burning bush with his ruby slippers from the Emerald City. That, yeah. John. You see, the local church is where you and I learn how to believe. We learn about faith and how to activate it and how to walk in faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. 
and faith without works is dead. The just, help me, shall live by faith. And it is how we learn to put that faith in action, how we learn how to pray and how we learn how to believe. That's what happens here at TLC. We are shaping you. We are helping you to walk out. When you get over to your business or your place of work or your home, when you're praying for your kids, when they skin their knee, when you're praying, dear God, these, these sinkful of dishes is about to do me in. Come on, ladies or men. That's one thing. Dishes never get done. And laundry. How do you women do it? Look, I hopefully I'm getting points from the girls. I don't know. I don't really know how to do laundry very well because I make everything pink. But I can do dishes. But it's like I'll do dishes and I'll walk out of the kitchen and come back in and there are four more dishes that magically appear in the sink. And now I know why my wife says, you know, you can open that thing called a dishwasher and set them in there. Now for us dudes, why do we have to wash them twice if it's a dishwasher? We should just be able to put them in, dirty and all. Some little scrubbing thing in there should take care of that. But we're shaping you. It's just another brick in your foundation. Every time you connect with TLC, every time you connect with someone here in the church, every time you show up, all in all, it's just another brick in the wall. I'm just helping anybody that's back in the 60s or 70s. That's all I'm doing. God is building you. My beliefs of who I am. I pass those down to my children. I pass those down. I'll be passing them down to grandchildren. I'll be passing them down. Those, those are important. Those are things that you just don't just make up. They're planted in the family. Somebody say amen to that. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Romans ten seventeen. So we have to just hear that word. We need to get around the atmosphere where we hear it. Our second thought or benefit is a place to call home. You need a place to belong. You need a place to say, this is my home. So, I mean, you know, people like, oh, sometimes people say, hey, you know, Brett, that's your church. It's not my church. I mean, it's my church because I'm part of it. But it's God's church. It's you all's church. It's our church that we can connect with. It's the church to say, you know what? This is my church home. It's the church when if you are in trouble, the church that will pray you out of trouble. Help me. It's the church that will say, I'll give you some things. If I got it and you can use it, you can have it. It's a church that helps you bear your burdens. It's a church that prays in the midnight hour. It's the connection. You need connection. There are people here today that you don't feel like you belong. You, you feel like you, I don't fit in anywhere. You kind of feel like Rudolph and the Misfit Toys or something. You know, there's just something that's just like, I just want, to, I want a place to, to be, a place to fit in. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe in your family at home, rejected. Or maybe you were hurt in church. Maybe you are hurt somewhere else or at the job or whatever, school, work. And you feel like you're a discard or an outcast. You almost, and you've just listened to the song from the enemy, that Charlie Brown song, you know, just, oh, why is everybody always picking on me? You know, all of those things. You need a place to call home. People have asked me, can I believe without belonging? I mean, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't. That's true. 
This is just a building. Church is actually people. But with that being known, you do not have to go to church. But can I just say this? It's going to make life a lot tougher for you. It's a fact. If you're not connected and you're just out there all by yourself, you won't stay strong like you think you will. It just won't happen. That's a fact. If you don't believe and don't belong to a family, you lose your support system. Fruit doesn't produce if it's not attached to something. So for you to stay producing, you got to stay connected. you got to stay connected. Floating fruit doesn't produce anything. If we connect ourselves, we flourish. That's that one I just read to you before we got started. When we're planted in the house of the Lord, we'll flourish in the courts of our God. There's a sense of belonging, a sense of family, a sense of ownership. You know why some people are so awed about this facility? It's because they put their blood, sweat, and tears in this. They put the finances that God has endowed them with. They said, you know, we're going to believe in this. We're going to do that. They've sweated. They've labored. So they have some ownership here. That's awesome. A place to call home. Here's our third thought. Third benefit, a place to grow. If you ever want to reach your potential, you need a place to grow. If you are the smartest one in your circle of friends, you need some more friends. I mean, it's good to have them, and you're probably helping them, but you need somebody to help you. If you are like the cat's pajamas wherever you hang out, and you are the top dog, you need to find somebody that's topper. That's not a word, but it makes sense. Seriously, I mean, think about this. If you were doing, ever, you ever do sports, and I, I totally, I lettered in tennis. I don't really look like a tennis player, but I lettered in tennis in high school for two years, my 11th and 12th grade. Played for Ohio State for a little bit at the branch. I like tennis. But I'm just saying, I had some ability in tennis. I, when I managed a fitness center, they had racquetball. Racquetball is kind of like tennis with like little midget rackets. But I stunk. I didn't know how to do it, and I was like, I was I had some uh, ability. But I mean, somebody get up there and they just beat me 21 to three or something. You know, just be. But I just kept playing the person that was so much better than me. You know what happened? Within just a, a short time, it was 21 to 15. Before long, it was 21 to 18. Before long, it was, I was winning. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. Because when you start getting and hanging around people that are doing things and you're like, wow, that's amazing. You can grow. God will pull things out of you and use those people to help you stay connected. We had some great games in racquetball after that. Now, if you were playing me now, you would beat me. I, I, I don't play that well. But it helps us reach our potential, a place to grow. How do you learn? You watch. You observe. Hang out with people that are doing things that you want to do. I mean, you can listen to any podcast. My wife is continually listening to podcasts for people that are just, this is how you do this. This is how you do this. Why? Because it's getting in her system. And what she's doing is like, okay, she's listening to that and it's helping her grow to that potential because faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. 
and she gets that in her system, and then it, it helps to grow. So then you, that's how you get, you get open to that, the, the good stuff of God. I, guess what I did before I was a father? I was a husband. I didn't know how to be a, a, a father. I'd never been a father. So when we had babies, how do you... How do you figure that out? How do you change a diaper? I, I will tell you this. We've talked to people when we first had kids, and they said, you know what, we don't do the, we don't do the pampers or any of that. We, now, if you're here and you use cloth diapers, God love you. You are stronger than me. Because we decided, you know, why pay $10 for pampers? We can just use cloth diapers. They do that in hell, too. That is not right. But, I mean, I didn't know how to do that. I have to wipe, watch my... I have to wipe. <laughs> Sorry. I have to watch my wife. There, put those words again. I have to watch my wife. She'd have to say, do this. I didn't know how to hold a baby. Hold them like this. Hold their head. Do that. How do you do this? I didn't know how to do devotions. Found somebody that could do devotions. Or I'd watch my father, and my father would, here's what I did. And he, he'd have that, and I watched that. And so, see, that gets modeled, and then you start putting those things in, into motion yourself. That's how that happens. I will say kudos to my dad. He's around here somewhere, out there, probably in parking lot. When I, I worked at Cedar Point two summers, push down, pull up on your safety bar, exit quickly to your right. Thanks for riding the blue streak, and enjoy the rest of your day here at Cedar Point. Did all that. My dad and I, when I was growing up, Probably had, was kind of more, I mean, I love my dad and he loved me, but our relationship was, if I just did what he said, it was good. How many teenagers can get an amen for that? But if I didn't, it wasn't good. So our relationship wasn't really one of like, uh, you know, hey, come on, dad, give me a fist bump, you know, or whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't that kind of thing. It was like, I stayed out of his way and just did what I was supposed to do. And we wanted to change that, and he wanted to change that, because he didn't have that modeled to him when he was growing up. And so when I worked at Cedar Point, I had went away for the summer, and he decided on his own, I don't have this in my notes, so I just feel to share this, he wrote me almost every day. Now, at Cedar Point, if you lived 35 miles or more, you had to stay at the point. And I would go to the mail guy you know, the male person or guy, and, you know, and he'd go, hey, got another letter. And the letter would just say something like, son, love you, Proverbs 18.6 or something. He'd give me some scripture, and that was it. It was on one little piece of paper. He would have, I don't know how much he paid for just, but every day nearly I got a letter. And I got to the point where I couldn't wait to get to the, I mean, just like, I get a letter today, and, the guy, and this is what the postman said to me. You got some father, man slid that letter over to me. My friends, listen. You have a heavenly Father that wants you to be connected. And just like that, sometimes we don't need a big letter. We don't need a big paragraph. We don't need a big speech. We don't have to talk eloquently. We don't have to have all that. We just need somebody to say, you know what? I believe in you. I love you. No matter what. So you need that place to grow. So you watch people. That's what I did. I learned how to 
to, to be generous by watching others that were generous and, and how they just didn't even seem to care. How did they not care? How were they going to get that money back? How were they going to get that stuff back? They just gave it. How'd they do that? And I would ask these questions and, and I would pray and I would ask God and, and I'd ask those people. Some of them had answers and some of them didn't. Some of them, you know, and, but I would just kind of meditate on all that. But iron sharpens iron. You learn by getting connected. When you come to TLC and you, you learn things by, you know, whether you take notes or whatever, you, you figure things out and you start going, you know what, I can apply that. Everybody needs a, a Mickey in their corner. Not Mickey Mouse. Although, ha, he's all right. But Mickey, like from Rocky or an Adrian. I got my Kimdrian right here. You know, you got somebody that's just going to cheer you on, that's going to say, you know what, I believe in you. Just stay connected. Just stay at it. Because the enemy is going to lie to you and he's going to say, you could be this close to the edge and you don't even know you're at the edge. This close to what you need. But you don't know that. And the enemy will lie just to get you to take steps back. Some of you just need to cross the threshold. You do that by staying connected. Our fourth thought this morning is a place to be you. You need a place where you can be you and be genuine. I mean, sometimes, you know, you do. It does matter who you hang out with. You hang out with certain people and sometimes you start acting like those people. It's true. You might say no, but if you hang out with a bunch of people who are doing stuff that's not good, you'll be influenced to try some of that stuff. You got to watch that. So you need to be genuine. People would rather follow somebody genuine than somebody that thinks they're right all the time. Just be who you are. I, I have, you know, I have some great friends. I have some of my friends have been uh, good national preachers. I mean, not like we were like close friends, but we were friends and, and we would talk. And so, you know, he would send me stuff and I would send him stuff. And matter of fact, this national preacher, we were sitting at home watching television and, and he used stuff I sent him. And Zach turned around and goes, Dad! He's using your stuff. I was like, wow. I was pretty impressed. I was like, oh, that's cool, because I used his. <laughs> that was just pretty cool. I mean, just, but, but you start doing that. And, and so when I was preaching, I was acting more and more like that preacher. He's a good preacher, a wonderful guy. And, but, but it wasn't me. And so my wife pulled me off the side. Aren't you glad? And again, go back to those four decisions. Jesus soulmate, life partner. She, and this way she said, we already have one of those. We need you. Can you be you? Sometimes I think she's like, why did I tell him that? Oh, dear God. But that changed my life. That was a pivotal point where I just started saying, you know what? I want to be me. I got to be me. Daring to, never mind, I won't. I wanted to be me, so I started doing the things that I, you know, I, I started processing things the way, God, how do you want me to do that? How do you want me to, to put my energy into the things you want me to say? When I see something, I see it certain ways. And not, it's not that, you know, somebody might see it different, but I see it this way. I like giving you guys, here's things, here's thoughts, here's ways that you can, because I want you to leave here connected. I want you to leave church and go, you know what? I can do that. And if you can do that, it'll change your life because you get it from the book and anything in the book is going to change your life. And if you can apply it, I went to church for years and loved it, 
because I had friends, but I didn't know what the heck they were talking about. Did anybody else feel that way? I mean, I leave and I know God is good and sin is bad. We should pray. Not real sure how to do that. We should read the Bible, one book, all the book, seven books, four, you know, what? What if I didn't get a chance to read the Bible? Am I going to hell? I mean, I had all these questions. And there's some people that come to church, they'd be completely spiritual. And I'd be like, there is no way I'm even close to that. So my passion has been, God, because you love the world, how can we walk this out with purpose? How can we be genuine? You see, you bring something to the table that nobody else has because you're unique and wonderfully made. God made only one of you. Maybe you're saying, Brad, I've got a short fuse. I've got a bad temper. I'm a cusser. I'm one way at work. I'm another way at home. I'm this or I'm that. I'm good until somebody flips the switch. So how do I learn how to behave? You, you learn in the house of God. You learn with people that you love. You've got to have some freedom to fail. If you mess up, thank God for grace and mercy. But if you realize that this was wrong, that's half the battle. Get in the Word. Have people pray for you. Here's our last thought this morning, and we'll finish this thing up. A place to change for the better. When we get into the house of God, one of the benefits is we change for the better. You cannot hang out with Jesus and be the same. You just cannot. Everything he touched, if it was dead, it came to life. If it was sad, it got happy. A place to change for the better. Change is going to happen whether we like it or not. Just living life, how many knows will change you? When you have a baby and you're a family, it's not just the diaper that gets changed. Everything changes. The way you do everything. I mean, Kim and I, when we first got married, we didn't have any children right away. We waited a year, and then our first child was a stillborn, and then we waited a little bit. Then we had Mal. But, I mean, when you're, you're kind of used to, we, you know... We just get up and it'd be like we'd wake up six in the morning sometimes. It'd be a Saturday. Hey, let's go to Bob Evans. Oh, okay. We just get up and go. Then if you have a baby, you don't just get up and go. Because then you got to get up, get the car seat, get the diaper bag, get the Cheerios, get Noah in his ark, get everything. I mean, it's just not, it's just, now it's a process. And then where are you going to do and how are you going to be and what, you know, how long are we going to, we got to make sure we have this baby needs to be fed. All of those things. Now everything changes. Priorities change. Now we want to start saying, God, how do I live out loud? How do I live in a, in a way that I just show how great you are? Where else in God's house can you help the poor? Where else can you show them how good God is? Where else can you bring somebody to have such an eternal difference? In other words, you can introduce them to Jesus and he will be with them for the rest of eternity. We join our resources with others and we become a force and we can give in other countries and other parts of this city and, and nations and all of those things. 
We give every month to help people start new churches that will proclaim the name of Jesus. You're part of that. A three-stranded cord is not easily broken. Where two or more agree, all things are possible to him that believe. We are part of the army of the living God, you and I. We might not, as one, have it all together. But together we can have it all. Think about that. Maybe just ourselves. We're like, you know, I, I don't even have my life together. I don't, I don't have all this out. I don't figure it out. But together we can figure it out. Together there's people in this group that can say, you know what, I can do that. I can pray. I can believe. I can usher. I can greet. I can help in the nursery. I can do that. Why? Because that's part of your gift. That's part of belonging. That's part of staying connected. Don't do life alone. I'm almost finished. Remember this. The enemy picks off those that are loners. He can't get you if you're in the pack. Do life with God's people. You may be thinking this. Well, it's risky. Such is life. The enemy is into isolation. He wants to get you off by yourself and feed on there. And if, if his lips are moving, he's lying. So you know he's lying to you. God is into insulation. God is into, you know, getting more of him in you so you become stronger, more secure. Well, Brett, you don't know I got hurt in church. This happened and this happened and these people hurt me or this or that and blah, 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 blah. I get it. I get it. Can I tell you if the risk of you getting hurt alone is greater than you giving church another try? Have you ever been to a steakhouse and they didn't make your steak right? So now you're vegetarians? No, we just, well, we send it back. We've sent steaks back twice and they still didn't get it right. So what do we do? We eat it anyway. <laughs> now what I'm saying is just because if it's not right doesn't mean I'm not going to eat steak anymore. Because you got hurt, I get it, that's not right. But you're going to have to trust again. You're going to have to take a chance again. Because staying alone, the enemy has made you easy prey. But get back and get connected with God's house. Get connected with God's people and you become stronger. And people can help you. There's nothing greater or better for your growth in God than being set in family. Get connected. I challenge you this morning... If you're not connected, think about it. You can jump into Grow Track anytime you want. Well, I didn't do step one last week. Step one will happen again next month. It's all good. Start today. I didn't get to do this or that. It happens just like a wheel every four weeks. We want you connected because we want to see God use you so you can be like, I feel I'm part of family. I belong. That peace, that void. I don't want to be hurt again. People are people. I can't promise you those things. I can promise you that with God you're going to be strong enough. I can't promise you that you can have integrity with God. I can't promise you that God will help you stay safe. Can you say amen to that? So my challenge to you is this. Get connected. We're going to look next week being connected so that we can say, I made it. 
I made it. That's, that's half the battle, just being able to say, I got there. If you go on vacation, you get to your destination. Isn't that cool? Because at least you're there. Something about vacation smells different than everyday life. You get in that cabin, it can even smell musty, and you'll be like, I'm on vacation. You're going to be all right. Get connected. Stay with God. Bow your heads. Close your eyes.